Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning into my podcast once again. It's such a pleasure to have you with me. We are talking about the Holy Ghost and His work in and through the life of every single believer. And you know, this subject, like I said before, is such a broad subject. It takes a lot to cover it all. And so we're going to talk more about it and just keep chipping away at it and continue to build on the foundation that we have. Amen. And so last week we were just talking about some misconceptions about the Holy Ghost and things that people have um, believed about this, about him and his work. They begin to think along a certain line and it's not always in line with the word of God. And you know, that happens a lot of times with people. They, they develop these ideas. They, they adopt these ideas in their life and these beliefs in their life that just are contrary to the word of God. And it's always important that we check up on our beliefs and check up on what we're thinking and check up on how we're living our life and make sure that it's being done according to the word of God. Check up on your beliefs and challenge your beliefs with the word of God. Make sure that you're actually living and walking according to what the word of God has to say. You know, Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, he said, if you are my disciples, you shall continue in my word and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He said that to disciples who believed on him, the scripture said, they, the, he said it to the ones that believed on him. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And so that scripture right there tells us that whether or not we're going to be free and walk in the victory is more dependent on us than it is on God. Because, see, it's more dependent on what you do with his word. It's what you do with what he's given you. Because you notice there in the scripture, he uses the word you four times. He said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So four times he says the word you. Four times. And, you know, people don't always want to take responsibility uh, in their life for for things like they should. But you know what? In, the, whether or not we're going to be free, whether or not we're going to walk in the light is more dependent on us than it is on God. Because God has given us everything we need. Can you say amen? And so we need to continue in his word. We need to continue in his truth. You know, these are trying times. These are difficult times that we're living in. The scripture says that the enemy shall come down with great wrath in these last last days. Well, he's coming down to deceive the hearts of many. He's coming down to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming down to, to, to hinder what God is trying to do in these last days. You know, for everything that God is doing, the enemy always has a counterfeit, doesn't he? He always brings something against the, the plan and the purpose of God. And if we're not careful, we can slip into deception. We can slip into, into darkness if we're not careful, if we're not watchful, if we're not paying attention and taking heed to the word of God. And the way that we avoid deception and avoid being self-deceived and avoid the darkness is to walk in the light to walk in the light. And so if you have your Bibles, turn on over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, let's look at what the Word has to say about this. Ephesians chapter 5. And let's look at, let's look at the 
first verse says there be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be named once among you as becometh saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks for this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath an inheritance in the kingdom of christ and of god let no man deceive you verse 6 with vain words because of these things cometh the wrath of god upon the children of disobedience that word disobedience there literally means unbelief and i'm reading from a king james bible um i love the king james translation just throw this in for free because it's the closest translation to the original text and i'd just remind you and admonish you to be careful that you not just study after any translation because a lot of times they're not even translations they're just paraphrases there's a lot of translations out there that they get away from what the original meaning of the word was so we need to be careful that we we follow after the original text of what the word of god says because if, if they're, you're reading a translation and you're getting a ton of just feely, touchy information out of it, so to speak, if you're, all you're getting out of it is this, these feelings and this touchiness out of it, and there's no faith involved in it, there's no strength in the word, there's no you know, just boldness in the word, then there's something wrong with that uh, translation. You know, a lot of these translations today, they are based on feelings. They do focus on emotions and the feelings. And and a lot of translations promote sovereignty, the sovereignty of God, which is not in line with the word of God, not in line with who God is, the character of God, the the nature of God, these things. And, you know, we need to make sure that we are watchful of the translations that we study under because, you know, I'll just say this, there's a lot of translations out there today that were started wrong and started by wrong people. And the motive and the intention of the translators and the people that wrote these uh, different translations, modern translations, was not right. And so we need to be careful about that. We need to make sure that we're reading after the, the true, uncompromised word of God. Amen. And so I'm not saying that every translation is bad. I'm just saying we need to make sure that that what's being said and what we're reading after is full of faith, is full of the victory, is full of the light, and, and, and doesn't take away from the Holy Ghost and His work in our life. See, there's a lot of translations out there that, that um, diminish the Holy Ghost or uh, lighten, so to speak, who He is in our life instead of boldly saying who He is, you know. Some translations, they don't talk about sin like they should. They they kind of just candy coat it or they avoid it. Some translations take certain verses out of the Bible. And so I just, I don't know why I'm on that, but, you know, it's important that we watch out for the translations that we study after and read after. But anyways, he says here in Ephesians 5, and we're looking at now verse 7, he says, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Partakers of who? People who are full of doubt and unbelief. Children of disobedience, like the scripture says. He says, don't let them deceive you with vain words. Well, who is Paul writing to? He's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. Well, is it possible for believers to be 
deceived with vain words? Is it possible for them to walk in the darkness? Yes. Yes, believers can and do walk in darkness. And the way they do that is by choice. They walk in darkness and associate with darkness by choice. And like I've said before, you know, self-deception is a really hard thing to cure. Self-deception is is difficult to fix because you've allowed it to creep into your life. You you allow it. You you've chosen it. And and you know, if you get settled in it and it just becomes rooted in you, then at over time it can be really difficult to to take those roots out, to rip those things out. And so it's in, it's important that we not associate and partake with people that are in darkness and in unbelief because it could lead you astray. And I know there's so many times and so many stories come to mind of people that just, they convinced themselves that what they were doing was the right thing. They convinced themselves that they were like doing what God had called them to do or that they were right before God. They convinced themselves that their behavior was okay over time. Like, you know, there was one individual that he got away from the house of God. I'm thinking of, he was called to the ministry, called to pastor a church and he got away over time because of hardship and trial and, and, and just difficulty. And, and over time, you know, at first it was hard to get away. At first it's like, oh, what am I doing? But he, he kept insisting and kept pushing and kept staying away from the house of God, not repenting. And over time he got away so much that now today you talk to him and he just, he thinks he's okay. He says, I'm fine. Everything's good. My family's fine. Well, but you look at his life and he's, and he's living in sin. He's doing, you know, he's not living the way he should, not in the house of God, making excuses. And, you know, that's just one person I'm thinking of. There's so many times that this happens in the body of Christ. And so it's important that we not be deceived in these last days. We not be deceived. You know, Paul said to Timothy, he wrote and said in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times means difficult times will come. Said that seducing spirits and doctrines of devils would be working in these last days. Well, and I've always said that those seducing spirits and doctrine, doctrines of devils will be working against the body of Christ. Because we know they're not working against the world to bring them into darkness because the world is already in darkness. No, they're working to bring the church into darkness taking believers out of the light and into the darkness. And how do they do it? They do it through seduction, the seducing spirits that try to seduce you in the flesh and seduce you uh, with fleshly things. And then doctrines of devils, doctrines that are not in line with the word of God, doctrines that, that are contrary to what the word of God has to say. And you know, Something that's deceptive is not designed to look, it's not going to look evil and dark out in the open. You know, like I say, the devil doesn't come with a black cape, a pitchfork and horns, you know, to try to deceive you. No, he comes seductively. He comes to deceive. And, you know, deception will oftentimes look right. It'll oftentimes seem good. Things that are of the enemy don't come just knock on your door and try to come out obviously or just come out and just look like they're so bad. You know, they're, they're going to come to make themselves look like it's okay. 
And, you know, it's just a little bit of compromise here and there. It's a little bit of, of compromise in one place. And then you start to compromise in another place. And then before long, you're walking on a completely different path than the path that the Lord had planned for you and has for you. And that's the path of righteousness. Amen. And so seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, they'll be working in the church, in the world in these last days, coming against the church of the living God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to try to bring them off. And that's what we need to be watchful for. Amen. But now look at we're in Ephesians chapter five. We'll keep on looking here. In verse 8, this is what we're talking about. Verse 8 says, For ye were sometimes darkness, or at one time you were darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, the scripture says. Walk as children of light. Because he says you are light in the Lord. So we know, according to the scripture, 1 John chapter 1 talks about how God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. James chapter uh, 1 and 2 talks about how every gift, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variable, neither shadow of turning. So we know God is light. We know God is the light. We know that's who he is. It's part of his nature. God is love. Well, the scripture also says God is light. John, the Gospel of John chapter 1 talks about that too. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we know that God is light. But then the scripture also says that we are light. That we are light in the Lord, and we're to, we're called to walk as children of the light. Well, in order to walk as children of the light, we have to walk in the light that He's given us, the and live out of the nature of who we are in Him, but also live out of the light that's found in His Word. Psalms chapter one verse nine, Psalms one hundred nineteen verse one hundred five says, "Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path." And then another, the same 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. And so we see light is here. It's available to the people of God, the children of God. It's available to the believer. And, you know, believers don't have to walk in darkness. They don't have to walk in deception. They don't have to walk in confusion. They don't have to walk in in another path other than the path of righteousness. They can live and walk in the victory and walk in the light every single day of their life if they choose it. If they continue in the word, like we talked about earlier in John 8. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Well, when Jesus said, you shall know the truth, doesn't that sound like light? Because if you know the truth, then you're not wondering at all. You're not confused about the truth. You're not questioning what the truth is. You're not trying to find the truth. No, the scripture says if you continue in the word, then you'll know it. Sounds like light to me. You know, I was I was uh, in my house one time, me and my family were hanging out, and my dad had lost his cell phone, and he 
was trying to find it, couldn't find it. You know how it is. You lose your cell phone. You tell other family members or other friends, you know, hey, call my phone so we can find it. And so you call the phone. And he said, oh, my vibrating or my ringer's off and my, my the vibrating part of my phone is off. I can't. And so we won't be able to hear it. And so we said, we had this great idea. Let's turn off all the lights in the house. And let's see once we call the phone, if the screen will light up, if we'll be able to see it. And so we decided to turn off all the lights in our house and we decided to call his phone and see if we could find it. Well, we're walking around the house, me my and my family, and I walk in the living room and we have this big old ottoman or used to have this big ottoman right in the middle of the floor and um, put your legs on it and everything. Well, I'm walking through the living room, wasn't thinking about it at all, had forgotten about the ottoman and it was the pitch black room and... All of a sudden, I run into that ottoman, hit my toe really hard, and roll over that ottoman onto the floor and hit my back on the floor. Just flop down on the floor. <laughs> just just as fast as you could blink your eyes, I'm just like walking along and all of a sudden hit that ottoman and just flip over onto the floor. And, you know, that surprised me and it hurt really bad. And, you know, my sister and my other family, that they saw me and they started laughing at me and everything. And, you know, the reason I fell over was because I was couldn't see, because I was in the, a dark room and because I couldn't see. Well, you know, I think that's how it is a lot of times spiritually for Christians. The light is available to them, but they're walking in the dark by choice. And so as a result, they're hitting their toes spiritually and falling over on their on the ground. They're, they're falling down spiritually. They're tripping up spiritually all the time because they're walking in darkness and they're, they're associating with darkness through association with people and through association with other things. They're feeding on the wrong things rather than feeding on the word of God. And as a result, they are deceived. And it's not God's intention that his children be deceived. No, it's his intention and his desire and his plan that we walk in the light. And so notice in verse 8, it said, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now I want you to jump on down to the 13th verse, Ephesians 5, 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Walk then, or see then that you walk circumspectly, that's a King James word, literally means cautiously, not as fools, but as wives, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And we all know the days are evil, right? And we ought not to be fooling around in these days, but we ought to be getting back to the what we know and learn, have learned and been assured of, continuing the basics of the word. You know, we don't need to go out and find new things. We don't have to go out and find the latest and the greatest. We need to stick with what we know. We need to stick with the truth, what we've been taught. Remember what Paul said to Timothy, but as from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Well, these things are steady things. These are things we must continue in. They'll keep us steady in the hard place. The answer today is the same answer that it was in our yesterdays and in years gone by. It's the word of God that's the answer. And the word of God says that the days are evil. In verse 17 it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of God is, of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. 
Now, if you look up that phrase, be filled with the Spirit, if you look it up in your Greek concordance or study that word out, it literally means, but be being filled. There's a play on that word that means, but be being filled. In other words, maintain a constant experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost. I like to say, just stay full. Stay filled. Stay full of the Spirit of God. Be not drunk with wine, but be being filled. Continue to be filled with the Spirit of God. Continue to be filled. Don't let yourself dry out. Don't let yourself uh, get empty. But be filled and maintain that constant experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And how is that going to help us? Well, when we're full of the Holy Ghost, we're full of God. We're full of his anointing and his presence. And we stir up the gift of God in us. It causes us to walk in a power and in a boldness in these evil days. It causes us to live free of the contaminants of this world. It causes us to live free of these dark places and things in the world. Be being filled with the Spirit of God. Be being filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And there's a call to the church to get filled with His Spirit and to stay full in these last days. Amen. The scripture goes on to say, Speak into yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We don't have time to teach on it today. We'll get on it next time. But basically, guys, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, there are going to be characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. There are going to be things that follow the Spirit-filled life. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to begin to flow supernaturally. You're going to begin to flow in the Spirit. And the Scripture talks about the characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. Speaking to yourselves in your personal life, in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs. These are not songs that you find in a hymnal. These are not words that you can read off a page. But these are songs and hymns and, and spiritual songs that come out of your heart and you sing and make melody to the Lord. It comes up out of your spirit. It flows up out of your heart unto the Lord. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, he said that I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. I will speak in the spirit. I will speak with the understanding or pray in the spirit and pray with the understanding also. But he said sing in the spirit and sing with the understanding also. Well see this utterance that comes up about our spirit. It's divinely inspired utterance that comes from the Holy Ghost. As you're filled with him, he begins to flow up out of you and you bless the Lord. You give thanks. You worship the Lord. You, you begin to magnify God in your life and it takes you farther. It takes you deeper. It takes you to, to, to new veins in the spirit of God, new veins in the Lord, deeper dimensions in the Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. And this is how we live. This is how we're supposed to live. We're called to live the supernatural life. Hallelujah. Victory and blessing and purpose for our life. Can you say amen? Guys, we're going to get into it more next week, but I hope this has been a blessing to you. Remember, you can follow uh, Stephen Overbaugh Ministries on Facebook and on YouTube. You can go on our website, stephenoverbaugh.com. It's such a pleasure to have you join me week after week. And I love teaching the Word of God. Thanks. And we will see you next time, next Friday. And have a great blessed day.